I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined by Lou and Tyler, as always. Big episode today. We're just going to get right into our main topic, and that is going to be week one in the NFL. Football is back, but I want to start with overreactions. We talked a little bit, a little bit about this kind of off mic, Ty and Lou, yeah. about people not getting too caught up in one game, make it or break it type type deal. So Ty, what uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, before we before we really go there, uh, a couple things I want to address. First and foremost, if you're listening to this, Ryan showed up in an Ohio State jersey. <laughs> it grinded my gears wrong, so I had to pull out a Penn State jersey that has a lot of autographs, which kind of I don't love <laughs> about, but I had to do it anyway, both for the hate to Ohio State, but also the mutual respect as Big Ten brethren. Uh, so, and I think that's important to point out here, Tyler, is it wasn't as much as I do not like Penn State. It was more of a, the Big Ten vote is supposed to be today. We record this show, obviously, early in, uh, in advance. So the Big Ten vote was supposed to be today about returning a season. So just trying to get some some good vibes going for hopefully an October 17th restart date on uh, a season glorious. that should have never been canceled in the first place. But we won't go down that uh down that road right now. And then but, an, another thing I wanted to call out was I believe on this show, if you've been listening, I probably was pretty on record saying that the NFL would not happen. So just want to give that shout out that they are here. They've done it. And weirdly, after Physical watching yesterday, um, I just felt like even more so than NBA, whereas if you watch it, you can tell it's visibly different product. Like that was a classic football Sunday in terms of just a lot of games going off, doing their thing. And then also, before we really dive into it, just want to briefly mention that the Nuggets are playing the Clippers in Game 7 tomorrow night. It'll already have been played by the time this came out. Shout out my boy, Michael Porter Jr., for being a post-game press conference. Wild man. But call this shot. Let's see if we back it up. All right, let's do this thing. It's kind of weird how Tyler said like five minutes of like personal shout outs to start the show, but it's fine. Yeah, just had to go there. Just had to go there. Kick it off right. All right, focused. All right, so uh, kind of the takeaway I, w- I wanted to get into, like we said, was about uh, week one overreactions, right? So we talked about this at the end of the basketball season, right, as uh, basketball comes back and everything goes up. Well, football's back, a lot of positive trends in the, in the market before the season started, and now we're at the point now where the season has officially begun, week one underway, and you've got things like Kyler Murray looked really good, Lamar and the Ravens dominated the Browns, and J.K. Dobbins scores two touchdowns, shout out to Tyler last week for mentioning that at the end of the show, but in the other, you know, the other hand, you've got Baker Mayfield struggling. Josh, uh, Sam Darnold didn't look amazing. And, you know, Dak Prescott loses. Tom Brady throws two interceptions. One's a pick six. And I just think we, sh- we the the message should be is patience and doing your research, right? Not being a headline reader that Brady throws two interceptions. No, let's not go sell all the Tom Brady cards. So just want to kind of get your guys' your guys's take on this as 
we've all been in the market different time periods, Tyler being more new, Lou being in a little bit longer, um, just kind of get an idea and a feel from you guys on overreactions and, and not doing that in, in the card market based on one game. Yeah, I uh, I hate everything about the NFL today, <laughs> um, but I think you're right about that. Like, you know, it goes both ways too. Like there's scenarios with Sam Darnold where it's like, all right, cool. Everything to sell all of Sam's cards now and his cards are going to drop below a hundred potentially. Like that's the kind of movement that one might think would happen here. And then on the other side of that, you have someone like Jonathan Taylor, who's now set up to be in a good spot with Marlon Mack out for the year. And it's like, everyone like hold your horses a little bit. Like don't go spending however much money on, you know, a Jonathan Taylor mosaic color card right now. Like chill out a little bit. I think week one is always like overreaction Monday, like city. So I think it's everyone to take a minute and see what's going on here before we start making decisions on where the season's going the rest of the year. Like detect, like Deshaun Watson shouldn't be in the tank right now because they lost to the defending champions. Deshaun Watson still Deshaun Watson. Like chill. Yep. Yeah, and I think look, opening night, Thursday night, this guy had a a big moment uh and i think this is and this is clyde edwards hilaire i mean guys are putting him in the hall of fame after after one week and he had obviously dynamite opening performance um but again marlon mack goes down achilles there's just a the, the nfl season is a long one and coming up the interview that we did and talking about and preaching patience and doing your research and your homework there was a lot of things but here we are, however many seasons later, and the two guys that I sat back and had a little bit of FOMO about was Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, who both had dynamite opening weeks and have proven that just because things are new and shiny doesn't mean that they're always the best. And those are two guys that I think if you're thinking about long term, could potentially you could find some products that are still relatively undervalued in comparison to some newer shinier objects is that a little dog there right yeah so those were those were those were the two things that that i kind of had a little like fomo or like i've been thinking about i'm like oh i i felt russell wilson was gonna have a big year i i have the seahawks i think they're a real shot at winning the whole thing um do a little notch down because they they have a position for their crowd the 12th man that isn't is no longer there. But I found myself sitting there with the same FOMO that we talk about, being about it but not taking action. Those were two guys that I think if you're paying attention to the league, they've been doing it forever. They're still doing it. They come out, they have a huge week one performance. And off the back of that, DK Metcalf, I think, has a has a real potential to be a special wide receiver in this league for a long time. Ty, I think you brought up a really good point though about like uh Rogers and right, and there's still be some potential there and you I forget what you said. Sorry, the the dog's barking kind of threw me off. But I think the interesting take is you pulled up those Clyde edwards alaires for the people that are listening on audio. Tyler pulled up Clyde edwards alaires rookies, right? And he's showing what they're selling for. And you see a Donruss rated rookie card sell for $43. And I think the message I'm that like I want to get across here, I saw somebody on Twitter point this out, and I think it's such a great take, is – a lot of, we get so caught up in the moment in cards with like, especially with newer guys that have never done anything like Edwards Alaire, like J.K. Dobbins. Uh, and if you're buying them as investment pieces, like say someone pointed out that Saquon Barkley Donruss Elite or Donruss rookie cards, you can buy on eBay for like $4, four to six bucks. And Edwards Alaire sells for 43. So, so at that price, you're assuming, like Tyler said, he's in the Hall of Fame because like you're going to have, 
a product every week for the next 12 weeks in the NFL. You have Origins and Absolute and National Treasures Collegiate, and we'll get into all these products as, you know, those come out, but there's going to be a lot more product coming out. And if you think Edward Solaire is great, awesome. Buy one for your collection. I just think we should really preach patience here that if Edward Dallaire is the guy you want to buy, maybe not spending $43 on a Donruss rated rookie card, that for sure, with certainty, 100% will not be worth that much money a year from now. No way. It won't even be worth half that much money. It's likely not even going to be worth a fourth of that amount of money and someone's paying $43 from it because it's FOMO, right? I don't want to miss out on Edward Dallaire being a Walter Payton Jr. So I'm just going to go buy this and hope that he continues to be great. Like what happens if Edward Dallaire has eight yards next week? You're going to have returns. Or an an Achilles injury. Yep. So I just think this is like, this is just a, a straight, like it's a long season so with overreacting and you know stuff like that, I just I think this is really a time to preach patience that Edwards Alaire is going to be good. We like him. We like him in Kansas City on that offense. Let's maybe give it a couple weeks, get some stuff as more products come out, and there's more available options for you to purchase something. Love it. To that point, Lou, you got anything to build off on that? I just think like I, I couldn't agree more. Like Donruss rated rookies are like fine, but settle down like there's a lot of stuff coming down the pike here and i understand where people are coming from i mean we've been talking about this for weeks right like the fantasy people are gonna start buying cards now so like 43 dollars might seem like a lot I, i'm sure if someone i'm sure if people were aware that saquon were four dollar for don Russ, it might change the, the conversation on that a little bit but it's the same thing we saw last year where these prices are gonna shoot up for these random guys so like it's just like we're saying just be be smart like learn some lessons here like it's the same thing it's very cyclical so be smart and you can make a decision every year in the nfl a running back comes and does really really well and their stuff sells really really well but like long term a lot of those prices aren't sustainable um but i think this is a good segue into talking about mosaic i know we talked about this a little bit last week but just in terms of mosaic is on fire right i saw burrow mosaic base rookies complete at auction over two hundred dollars probably not sustainable, right? Joe Burrow looks good. I mean, they Bengals didn't do, didn't have a favorable ending there with an offensive uh, pass interference, a 22 yard pooch kick, like they kind of, you know, missed, missed out there, but Burrow looks good. But Lou, I know you and I talked about this off camera here about mosaic is great now because it has a four month or a three month head start on the rest of the major products, major products being select optic contenders, and of course, prism. And I think if you're new here and right, and you just got in during COVID, like we said, off camera tie, you've never seen prism released. You don't know what prism is in football and you've never been in the market for a prism release. And that will be a big deal when the time comes. So Lou, you're, you're kind of huffing and puffing over there. What's uh what's I'm on not your huffing mind? And puffing. I just don't, I think we just did this with mosaic. Like we did this exact thing and it was hot for a little bit. And then with basketball, yeah, we, it literally just happened. That's why I'm like, what are we talking about right now? Because this is a breakers product. There's nothing wrong with this. This is a breakers product. That's awesome. The cards are shiny. They're colorful. I get it. The second Optic Select or Prism comes out, it's going to go like this. That's it. So I just want to voice a little bit, though, that I think we're we're 
we need to talk to ourselves about this for a second in the sense of I love talking to myself in the sense of one we talked about fantasy people coming big into cards mm-hmm. two what breaking is today compared to when uh prism basketball might have came out and the fact that their new rules are being created constantly and if you new are new the same principles yes with so so why should prism football this year be a, a higher end product or more sought after long term than mosaic because every single year prism is the hottest one and we do and we ju- again we just okay. because the market, how many years the in the past decides. how many years in the past has mosaic even been a product okay none stand alone let's make a bet any amount you want to bet i'm just rookie? saying Joe there's Burrow a chance Joe Burrow market norms. I think the big thing here is market norms will shift in time, right? Like Prism was the brand it has been for a while, and Optic and Select were afterthoughts. Like you could have bought in Luca or like courtside rookies of guys for nothing when they first came out. Nobody wanted the courtside silvers, right? Those were in Select. Everybody wanted Prism. Eventually, yeah, but that's not a thing catches... anymore. Oh, absolutely. Luca PSA 10 silver courtside's over 10 grand. Mm-hmm. It was like a yeah, $300 no, card. Yeah, I'm with you. That's not a I thing just, anymore. I think thing. eventually the market will catch up. So Mosaic's good now. The advantage Mosaic football has versus basketball is it's at the beginning of the year. Optic hasn't come out. Select hasn't come out. Prism hasn't come out. Contenders hasn't come out. In basketball, it was the end of the year. So people were already focused on Prism and Optic and Select because there wasn't It was a little out. like sprinkle on top. It was, it, was, it was at the end. It was like, here, you know, here's a little extra product. Yeah. Now, it's at the fudge. beginning of the year and you have a four-month head start. So I'm not saying it's gonna be present. I think it's I think it's crazy. It's banana land to be like Don Russ rated rookie forty dollars. That's horrible. Mosaic kind of interesting. Like no, it's the same thing. We shall see. see. I just I I I want to put on record. I think it's a very big deal, and Panini is smart enough to understand what they're doing in terms of releasing Mosaic at the time that they did, comparatively to the rest of the product. Because in the same way market cycles work. Prism just can't be the hottest thing forever. It's going to change. If you think about if we went back to the first year that Prism came out, there's people sitting there being like, this dopey product, Prism, blah, blah, blah. I think there's a shot that in football and then maybe next year or another year from now, they inverse it and make Prism or Mosaic the product that they push first ahead of Prism in basketball. I would make a bet with any human on planet Earth if you do any player their mosaic versus their prism in a 18 month cycle which card was worth more the answer is going to be the prism 100 percent of the time you might be right now absolutely and now absolutely it's just is this product going to build on on long term with it being so early in the year where nothing else is there like yeah it'll be hot for now but it's the same but we can't have the conversation about donorus and then have the conversation about Mosaic. this is what we need to do i'm going to send an email that that cycles back 18 months from today Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Mosaic versus ba- base Mosaic base Prism PSA ten. They price. won't be close. It's not even going to be in the same. The only I'm not, I'm not taking I, the wager. I'm just saying. Yeah, we're no, gonna make Ty, make note. Ty, the only argument I will say about Mosaic is the Mosaic ten might have a shot to be more desirable because quality control on that product is not very good. I can tell you I've had a lot of it ripped in store. It was a very popular product, right? We do the PSA grading now. We've talked about this before. Like under a magnifying glass, under like a light, like looking at these cards, they have a lot of like imperfections on the surface and I worry they won't grade very well. They're going to be rare. 
What? Bruh. That could lead to more tens and less like or less tens in mosaic. And if Prism's, you know, high quality control, there might be a lot of those, you know, twelve thousand Luca tens. It makes you wonder if there's what if there's only a thousand mosaic ten burrows and there's ten thousand prism burrows in a year. Well, you might go to the mosaic because there's not as many of those. Supply and demand on that. So I think it's an interesting thing to watch out for because mosaic does from the the ones we've had in for grading already, they don't look super great. Uh, yes, I, I've never. I've. I don't own a single mosaic. I've never opened a box of mosaic. I'm not necessarily fond of them. To your point, I think they're flashy in your face and like Aura Breakers product. But I do know that there's a lot of people right now that are getting into things, enjoying these breaks, and are like, "This is Burroughs card. This is the Tua I'm going after for today. For today, this is the KJ Hamler rookie." <laughs> So, Lou, for your point, though, just out of curiosity, yep. you have $100. You have to spend it in this situation. Mm-hmm. You buying two Clyde Edwards Alaire Donruss at 45 a piece, or are you buying a Mosaic rookie at 100 His uh, His Mosaic's 100 mosaic. I, I, I'm He's throwing a number on it. It's, it's, it. a yeah. fair, it's a fair multiplier. I'm assuming they're 100 bucks. I'd you probably buy the Mosaic. I'd probably buy the mosaic because of because what Donruss is. I think ultimately, like here's my like personal POV. It like in the long term, it's Prism, Optic slash Select, uh, Mosaic, and then like the Origins and the Phoenix and all that. That's my POV. I think it's gonna be Prism, Select, Mosaic, battling with Optic. Uh, I don't think you're wrong at the moment. I, I there hasn't been enough mosaic to rank it ahead of optic select or prism because of what those products already are as established in the market for four or five years. Um, so for now, mosaic won't pass any of those. It just, it'll be interesting to watch long term. Also, I say that while having bought two spots in a mosaic break this weekend. So like, it's not like I'm like completely anti-mosaic. <laughs> I'm still in the mix. There I'm just is. saying like long term, actually owning the cards. It's tough. On the, uh, I'm going to do a quick, Gear switch. Oh, what? Uh, uh, drop the clutch. Gear switch. Uh, as we're talking about Prism and Mosaic, one thing we were having a quick little banter about before we got into the show was, uh, and Lou, we've been talking about this offline, Castro, who we're going to get on the pod at some point. I, I have faith. Uh, he's a big, yeah, exactly. He's a big FIFA streamer. Um, has been ripping some wax on his stream, focused mainly around, around footy, around soccer. And starting to really feel some heat around this Premier League Prism product, and wanted to just pull this up, go through some sales, and uh, and chop it up because I think the next soccer product that comes out, we'll talk about in the next segment. That Select Euro. I'm not sure off top the date that's coming out for for Prism again, but I think this product EPL Prism is big for soccer overall in terms of bringing that Prism culture juice and. Primarily, continuously growing here in the states. Um, you you made a mention like this. This Christian Pulisic is crazy. Four ninety nine. Is that a blue? Was that because it was the only? Because this happens sometimes too, where there's only one of something, so someone just buys it. Like was when yeah, did very, you buy very, yours, right? My Pulisic, like weeks after, like a week two after it came out. It yeah, was super I'm cheap. not doubting that. That's like the real market price right now. I'm just saying, like. What happens is sometimes when there's one of something on eBay, someone just buys and it. And someone just wants it. Totally. Yeah. And 
the uh, you know, I think a lot of people with Pulisic and him going to yeah. Chelsea is like a big thing. Um, First Chelsea card, but in general, you know, you're starting to. Oh like, wait, then yeah, no, this is the base. Super, yeah, super. Then five hundred super real. Eighty five is the base. You know, like, and these were. It was Adam Traore playing for the Wolves. 27 for another one? What was that? That was base. Yeah, that was was auction bin. As you're talking about, you know, uh, soccer doing well, Prism, you know, this Prism EPL product doing really good is, like, I remember this product when when it first came out. Like, the expectations were really high for this. Like, hey, Prism is the brand in basketball and football. This is what everyone wants. Soccer, right? Like, what are your thoughts here? Christian Pulisic first EPL card, and cetera, it kind of landed. It landed a little soft. It didn't do well. Yeah, it didn't do well. The, the the resale on it was not very good. Uh, first off, the line boxes weren't doing that much over cost. Like it was like I ripped them because I was like, I'm not going to make any money selling these boxes. Like might as well rip them. Ripped them. You know, some cool stuff. Sold a lot of it because it just wasn't getting the resale value you expected. And now it seems like as the soccer market has picked up a lot, people are realizing, hey, Prism is where it's at in soccer and or in basketball and football. Let me get on this for soccer. And it has really taken off. That That, that is mm-hmm. exactly right. This uh, on 130 sales, it, this went for nine, nine, uh, 999. This box. Uh, the, this went for 1450. So like you're starting and and. We're now we're back in beginning of August, but I just I think overall as an indicator to mainstream more soccer, there's a massive obviously debate around rookies, sticker, what you're looking at. But for the going forward of the next two, three years, Euro Cup a lot of the things we've talked about, Premier League being huge, man, if Messi would have landed, it would have changed the whole game. You walk around this, you know, you see under thirteen, you see a lot of Premier League jerseys on kids. And I just think that this product will continue to bubble and it's just going to be a preview for what is to come. I think maybe you'll see a La Liga, but there's still Premier League is still so dominant U.S. based because of the TV rights and and such. Um, But people are starting to figure out Holland, Sancho, you know, tops as the deal with uh, with some of the German clubs. So just wanted to call that out as we're talking about product and prism and, and bring that over. I always like to have a little. A little footy bef- chatter. Before we wrap this up, I think you you, you brought up a, a very good and interesting point that you might see it in La Liga. Like, what happens when Panini catches on and sees what this sells for, and they're like, "Hey, if this is going to do well, what about like La Liga? What about Champions League, Euro? Like, they're doing the select Euro, which we'll get into uh, in upcoming releases shortly. But like this, like this could really compete with Topps Chrome. Like Topps Chrome's really the only that type of product at the moment. Like there isn't a Chrome or, you know, there is there hasn't been Prism before. So I think if Panini could make Prism soccer, it really has the potential to compete with Chrome. Like Chrome is the the really the the market at the moment. So if Panini can turn this into other products, I I really think it could do well. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. All right, let's uh let's get into this week's interview. This was an absolutely incredible interview. We got to sit down with Mike Kafka, uh, card collector and quarterback coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. Here is that interview. All right, guys, we are here with Mike Kafka, a friend of the show who is quarterbacks coach, Kansas City Chiefs, and a longtime card collector. So I won't get too much into it. We'll let uh, we'll let Mike give his introduction, and uh, we'll go from there. So Mike, why don't you uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. My name is Mike Kafka. Um, I'm a coach, quarterback coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Um, just like Ryan said, longtime collector. Probably started back when I was 12 years old. Um, my team had the opportunity to play in the Little League World Series, and I you know, mm-hmm. out in like Williamsport and stuff. Here, you get an opportunity to like, kind of trade pins and collect pins, and so that kind of really started my my trade like card and um, collecting style, I guess. I actually yeah. pulled it out uh, from the uh, from the archives. Nice. Holy cow! Those are sweet. Yeah, there, there's some really cool. Let's ones go. Brought me down memory lane a little bit, but that kind of kicked me off there. Um, and then, you know, obviously collecting with my dad as, you know, growing up, um, football cards, baseball, that, I mean, everything, just putting them in binders, organizing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you know, things kind of went along, like, I don't know, I forgot how old I was probably like eighth grade, whatever, eighth grade, freshman year, uh, high school, like Pokemon and stuff like that was, um, getting big. I remember me and my brother just watch it in the mornings before we went to school yep. and, uh, and so, you know, obviously having played the game all that growing up, it was, just, you know, it's fun, you know, so really over the last several years, kind of really started getting back into collecting and um, it's an awesome hobby. It's something I love doing the off season and when I have free time and it's something I hope to pass on to my kids. Love it. I'm going to just add some juice real quick before we really get into it. It's Saturday. Mike's coming off a nice one and no start. <laughs> taking 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 time out of I don't know if, I, I'd imagine there's no such thing as an off day once you're in the season, especially when you're trying to defend a, a Super Bowl championship. It's also fellow Big Ten member. We were having some chatter before, so you know, just want to give a quick hat tip to you know one of the most dangerous aerial attack you know leaders. While we get into before before we just get into all things cards <laughs> and that jazz, just wanted to spice it up a little bit. I thought Rye kind of gave you a little bit more on the intro, yeah. and I, I didn't yeah. expect you to go there. So just wanted to say, <laughs> appreciate you taking the time. This is uh, this is going to be fun. So I, I, Mike and I talked a little bit before the interview started, and I wanted to kind of give some background on this so we can dive into uh, the fact that he does get to work with Mahomes every day. With I, Obviously, a lot of us find that super fascinating. But Mike and I actually got introduced through Instagram, um, through his account, when uh, back in the offseason going into, what, 2018, Mike? Did we lose I think him? for us. Did we, did we lose him? Yeah, he'll be back. Briefly. So I will, I will introduce the story just before, while, uh, while his is loading. Uh, but back in 2018, you could uh, pause and have him, uh, do it when he comes back, Ryan. Yeah. We got to edit anyway. I got it. I I think that's how There you go. He's back. There we go. There we go. All right. Cool. All right. So Mike and I actually got introduced in, uh, Mike, I believe it was the summer of 18. Does that sound right? Yep. About summer of 18. And uh, this is when I was starting to pick up my home stuff. And I actually had got a DM from Mike about uh, my cracked ice Mahomes card. And I saw it and it said it was from Mike Kafka. And I like, I, I've gotten collected cards for a while. So I knew who Mike Kafka was. And I'm like, this can't be real. Wait, you knew him because like at one t- point. Yeah, Northwestern you, you were, quarterback. You like picking up Kafka's? Exactly. Like in 2000, yeah. it was 2010. Like, like it was 2010, right, Mike? Yeah, yep, yeah, 2010, like press pass, Northwestern jerseys and autos, and you know, uh, 2010, like gridiron gear, he had rookie autos. And so I was picking up his stuff before. So I'm like, this seems a little odd. This can't be real. And he's like, hey, I'm interested in your Mahomes cracked ice card. And at the time, I had just bought it, just to give people some perspective, uh, for about $1,900. 
and I was getting ma- married later that year. And Mike and I actually had tried to work out a deal on it. He's like, hey, uh, we're going to be in Cleveland later this year. I'll get you tickets to the game. And, you know, you know, you and I can introduce, uh, you know, you and I can meet and uh, I'll bring Mahomes with me. Like, I'll I'll let you meet Mahomes, right? This is at the game. And I'm like, (laughs) I should probably pass, man. I got to pay for my wedding (laughs) because like at the time, and I mean this with all sincerity, we didn't know what Mahomes was going to be. Like I was really high on Mahomes. And I should have probably put two and two together that if the quarterback's coach is going after him, I should <laughs> something's probably going on. Something's going on here. And I didn't. So I just I kind of wanted to uh throw that out there as kind of an introduction into Mike, when did you really start seeing like because you were obviously picking them up before most people were? Like I'm just curious of like the thought process on, hey, this guy's gonna be really good. I'm gonna start picking these up because you get to see it every day. Before we go, you didn't make the trip because you kind no. of like no. Nope. So I ended up selling the card. Mike and I've talked about this a lot, and it's unfortunate. <laughs> but I ended up selling the card at the national. Um, later, it was a month later. I needed. I the, think I remember you selling that card. I sold it for twenty four hundred dollars, and it ended up turning into a PSA ten, which is Ugh. roughly sixty five G's. Yeah. So I, I, I wish it would have worked out and I would have got to meet Mahomes. <laughs> no, that's but, not um, that's yeah, that, that was like, that was an awesome, um, first off connection because it's paid off. You know, we've, you know, formed a good, uh, good friendship from then. So, you know, it was well worth it. Absolutely. So I, I ain't mad at you. I mean, you paid for your wedding. Perfect. Yeah. You got married. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, you know, to yeah. answer your question, I mean, honestly, when I started um, collecting, you know, more of Pat stuff, I was really kind of collecting everybody's like, I, I love collecting contender stuff. Gotcha. And so like, I got like Chad Henney contenders, Matt Moore contenders, you know, all the quarterbacks mm-hmm. that I've coached throughout the years, even guys in Northwestern, like Clayton Thorson, like I got his contenders. Like, so getting some of Pat stuff was just, you know, part of just like collecting that set. I just think it's an awesome, great looking set. And so, um, you know, I, I pulled out a couple of them that I have here to show. So contenders is your thing, huh? Contenders oh. is my thing. One of my favorite. Yeah. I like, you know, and then the the variation ends up being pretty cool. That nice. card's dirty. Um, yeah. So like, you know, things like that, I just thought were awesome. I, I've gotten graded ones of just all the quarterbacks that I've coached. So that's kind of been my thing there. I really um, wanted some like nice ones of his, you know, regardless of mm-hmm. um, yeah. if super expensive or, or cheap. Yeah, that it's in. I want to go down that path a little bit more in terms of a lot of what we talk about on the show. What's happened, I think, the last eight, 12 months in terms of the hobby, it getting white hot, a lot of new demand, which is fun, but a lot of like conversation or these kind of discord groups or where everything, a lot of conversations are centered around buying and selling and buying and selling and buying and selling. Whereas what you just kind of even talked about, which is like, collecting and i think when ryan tells stories of 2010 he was he was buying and in the game right and the amount of times where the the different approach of i'm i really like the cards i really like the design i enjoy the hobby i enjoy the process i enjoy taking bets on different people i have a personal collection 
versus a lot of individuals, which no fault to them and not to downgrade, but we like to preach a lot of education, patience, long-term approach. And so where you just said no different was your approach to Mahomes, was it to Chad Henney as a, again, Penn State guy? Uh, Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, So just want to like, you know, the, the long sustained, you said you started when you first got into 12, that aspect of being a collector. Can you talk a little bit about how that has, what, what that's meant to you? It's not just about the prices. Oh, what this is selling for now. You could have never really, you know, again, lightning in a bottle with Patrick, but even the, the happiness, the joy factor that you've gotten around a lot of other individuals outside of Patrick in terms of the hobby. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, no, I, um, I agree. I think there's there's definitely um, two sides to it. You know, I think the hobby as we know it now, like, you know, 10 years ago, it was a hobby. Like that's, you know, really wasn't as mainstream as it was, as it is today. And so, you know, that's really between me and my dad, like we've, we've done a lot of this kind of stuff, just collecting certain players. Frank Thomas was, you know, I'm a Chicago guy, so Frank Thomas. Um, like that's kind of the lens I see the hobby through. I know obviously there's a money-making aspect to it now. And so, you know, you transition to some things that you are going to keep forever, regardless of whatever it goes to. I know Ryan has, um, you know, his guy from Ohio state and his huge Ohio state collection. But, um, you know, I think, I think when you're, when you're thinking about it and if you're getting into the game or thinking about getting into the game, you, you kind of want to decide and, and like you said, do your research, find out what end do you want to be on or do a little bit of both, right? Maybe you're, you know, collecting one guy because you love him so much or, you know, you want to flip it, but getting educated on, um, you know, what's out there, what's available, what, where your bankroll's at and um, how do you supplement that? And, uh, you know, how do you keep it fun? Really, at the end of the day, we all did this and yep. collecting or trading or whatever that is, like we did it for fun. So um, as long as you can kind of keep it within that framework, I think, um, you know, that's like, that's the road you got to take. Nice. How about uh, when you first were bubbling, I saw the Chicago kid goes, plays in, you know, Big Ten football, yeah. starts thinking about the league, seeing yourself on a card. You know, it seems like there was you were very well aware and were into it before that came about. Give us a little bit of uh, commentary around what that was like. All of a sudden, maybe for you and your pops, you're yeah. on the products that you <laughs> previously were paying attention to anyway. No, I'm telling you what. We, so, yeah, me and my, so. When um, when I was a rookie, I was actually invited to the rookie premiere. Flew me out to LA. You know, you're there with Panini. All, I mean, all the big companies that were, you know, back then. You know, There's a ton of them. And so, uh, you know, I remember signing all these one-on-ones. I remember signing like my National Treasures one-on-one. I ended up pull, getting it picked up. <laughs> Let's um, go. Like a year ago, but I remember signing like, can I just buy, can I just buy these off you right now? As I was signing them, they're like, no, we got to put them in the packs and. But, uh, I mean, those guys are great. And, you know, I've formed a good relationship with those guys at Panini over the years. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was surreal, signing all those cards. It was fun. Obviously, at the time, you didn't really, like, think of it as much because you're like, oh, it'd be cool just to have one of them. But, like, now, like, I'm searching for every single one of my national treasures, <laughs> like, all, like, anything I get my hands on. And they're not that expensive because it's, it's, it's cool. Dad is on the lookout for them. If yeah. he sees a cool one, he'll send me a picture. I just picked this one up. Um, so like that's, that's been the fun of it and it's been great because it's bonded, you know, me and my dad even, even more. Yeah. So like, do you randomly just get like an eBay notification? Like my Kafka national treasure just appeared. Like no, my dad's he's so fired my up. Dad, he gets up, he gets up before I do. 
he, so he, he'll be already on it. He'll, he'll be gone. If it, if it lives, if, you know, those eBay postings are up like four in the morning or whatever it is. Yeah. He's already gone if it's posted. <laughs> You're competing with your dad way. for all your one on ones. That's great. Yeah, exactly. I can't. He's, That's he's, funny. He's all over. That's great. So, Mike, you kind of uh, you kind of hit on it when you uh, when you were in- giving us your introduction, but I, I do want to transition a little bit as well to uh, more of the Pokemon aspect of it because we do talk a lot about the Pokemon on here. And while it's awesome, you know, you collect a lot of the, the guys you coach and sports cards. I, I, I want to kind of get your take on on Pokemon. Like, when did you really start? Like, we talk now about like some of the graded cards. When did you yeah. really start to get uh, hardcore into into the Pokemon? The Pokemon market. I'd say probably two years ago, um, I was talking to my brother, who's younger. He's two years younger than I am. We were talking about just like you know, the game itself on Game Boy, and how you know some of these cards. I think I think we saw an article that one of the sets had sold for like ninety grand or like a lot of money. I was like, oh wow! Like I wonder, you know, how how do you how does one like piece that together? And so I started looking into it and just kind of like chipping away. You know, bought a couple. Um, of the first editions, I, w- I didn't know much about it at all. Shadowless first edition, or just Shadowless, or um, unlimited. Like you know, I just saw the cars I liked. Didn't know much about grading at all, and so I was just kind of looking at stuff like this is like overwhelming. You know mm-hmm. how much products there are now. Um, so this you know, kind of started looking into it. Um, met some other collectors that were doing it on Instagram, just kind of asking questions. You know, kind of piecing together a couple things here and there. Um, and then actually ended up meeting a person that was selling like the whole um, non-hollow set just at once. And so me and him were able to like negotiate a price and um, and get that done. So like then I was like, all right, I got to hunt for the hollow somehow, some way. And this is like as this is probably like eight months ago, nine months ago, where like the hollows are like just at this tipping mm-hmm. point where they're about to explode. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, you know, I got in at a pretty, I mean, a yeah. great price, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, now I'm three away from finishing it all. And I just, I don't know if I'm never going to get there. <laughs> what, what, what do you, what do you, I what do you sound? I, I need a couple of the big boys. I need the Zard. I need a Chansey. Yeah. And the Me Too. And so I, I think, I mean, the Zard is getting out of control that may mm-hmm. not ever be, uh, be accomplished, but I'm in it for the long game, you know, I'm yeah. not going to complete it today. Um, maybe one pops up down the road that maybe I have an opportunity for, but um, it's definitely um, it's definitely something I'd love to, to complete. But if it's something that takes me into where my kids are 12, 13, 14, and they want to get into it too, like that's that's even even better. Yeah, the one the Chancy card is is just I think when I, I think of Chancy and Mewtwo, like those are my two. I actually have more affinity towards those, I think, than even the Charizard. Like the Charizard is just such yeah. holy grail. But yeah. Mewtwo, the purples on it are so special and the, the yeah. pop on Chansey is crazy. Yeah. And then to your point, we talk a lot about the difference between the, like sports. We we have a lot of running jokes about like Pokemon, like, you know, Pikachu's not going to get a DUI. <laughs> Pikachu, Pikachu, he's not going to blow his ACL. Right. You know, there's no real off season. Um, you know, Doug Trio, like he's not, you know, he's not going to have, you know, off the field issues or anything like that. Yeah. And so whenever we're like talking about cycles and sport and all that, Lou and I typically jump in with a little like, oh, you know. Well, the funny thing was that like when this show started, I don't think Ryan owned a single Pokemon card. 
And in in a matter of like three months, we've converted him into a full on like Pokemon obsessed person, and it's I, the best. I, I owned some Pokemon from when I first started. Shout out to my guy Brian locally, who was like, "Hey man, you need to get into this Pokemon. You need to get into it." And I collected it when I was a kid, so I, I had some of it. Uh, but it's it's a whole different ball game now. And you know, when the f- show first started, we talked a lot about. I wanted a Charizard PSA nine. You know, you could have bought them for. 14 15 and now they're 20 almost 30 um so it's yeah it's i i I, i'm slowly coming around to it but i think it's something that's very interesting and even when you think about the long-term nature of it you made a, a comment mike about like when your kids were 12 so much of other major ip or big kind of like brand stuff what I mean, Harry Potter is another one that's relatively young, but Pokemon in the grand scheme comparatively to Star Wars per se is still in this kind of like first generation, like hasn't had the full loop where those that were really into it, their kids are like coming into it. And and I think that's a lot of this resurgence that we're seeing. I believe next year is the 25th anniversary of like the official creation of it. And uh just the, the how IP tends to get stretched out. What we've seen from Star Wars over the last you know eight years to the Disney acquisition, I think that gives such a long runway, um, and and is like there's such a strong foundation that's built there that is very different than say prospecting. I'm a big Michael Porter Jr. fan. Like the two completely different avenues of the same kind of hobby, uh, and what is so exciting to me about it. Yeah, I, I agree, Tyler. I mean, and you think about it being it's a global, it's a global brand. And you're seeing that with the basketball market now becoming global. Like I, I feel the same way about like this Pokemon stuff is, is it continues to get globally. You talk about a one card, a chancy card, pop was it 46 or 47, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Like that's worldwide. Yeah. It was really 46 <laughs> with them. You know, yep. so when yep. you think about those numbers, like it's uh it, it's wild and the other yeah. thing is i don't think we're going to see 46 more in our life like there's not gonna right. be 46 more added to the population report yep right. so. switch sw- i to switch gears back to um sport a little bit and the recent kind of heat on uh cards and like you mentioned you were into it and then when you kind of found yourself on product was exciting how about within within the game in general being around athletes is there much awareness to kind of even the last six months of run up and guys understanding some of the values of their product. Are there conversations randomly happening ever when an article comes up or any, any like locker room chatter about what's going on? Most of it is probably because I probably you know, initiated the conversation, but I mean, I know like for, for the quarterback room, at least we talk about it. We've had conversations about it. Um, guys are aware of it. I know Pat's aware of it. His stuff's going for a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and I know like, you know, his mom and, you know, his family collects some of this stuff. So, yeah. um, which is, which is pretty cool. You know, I yeah, think it's fun. And, um, you see, you saw it with like LeBron James and some of the guys in basketball doing it. So, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see, you know, more players in general get involved. I think, I think it's um, an easy transition for people and easy for people who have, um, have access to money to go and buy their stuff. And it's fun and, and cool to collect. As, as far as you know, does Pat own any cards? I don't know about him personally. I know like his mom and sister collect some of his stuff, which is which is cool. She sent me pictures of it. We're gonna see one of Pat's 
like RPAs go off on like sports center gonna post about it and he's gonna be like yeah. I emoji I emoji it's gonna be like some wild stuff. And right. I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna like text Mike like yo you lied. what's up? Why why, yeah. why? <laughs> yeah. how about um uh your main kind of mode uh, I want to talk a little bit about just like the community aspect. Rye we we all linked up at national uh last year for the first time and eBay has been a great partner and, and sponsor of this show with us. Um, the different avenues, something that's been so exciting. And I think, you know, Instagram, like you mentioned around getting into Pokemon and, and the community aspect of it. What have been some of your kind of experiences? Do you go to trading shows, um, you know, linking up with people on Instagram? Do you have kind of a separate Instagram? How do you do a lot of your buying and selling? And how do you think about it just from a community and connection standpoint? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I think a, a lot of that time for me happens in the off season. Mm-hmm. But um, I've done some stuff on eBay, which has been a great platform. And um, obviously, I've done, like, you know, I've sold and bought stuff off that. It's easy. There's immediate access to a ton of stuff. But um, Instagram has been also really helpful. One from just meeting a bunch of people, whether I'm going after a, a set or a certain card, they may know somebody who has one and mm-hmm. maybe put you, in, put you in touch with that person to be able to work a deal on it. Um, that's been fun, you know, meeting so many great people. Then, you know, if you see them post a cool card, you, you know, you comment and you're able to yeah. engage and, you know, see how they got it. And, um, you know, maybe there's a cool story behind it. I think, I think that's an interesting part of kind of putting together, um, some of these sets is, you know, I've, you know, from the set that I bought, uh, from the gentleman that sold me the, uh, uh the non hollow set, he had graded every single one of those cards himself. That's sweet. And so for him to like pass that on, like he was like, you know, I, I know it's in good, like I, you know, I promise I'll take care of it. Um, you know, it's going to be in good hands. And for him to like have that story behind it, I thought was awesome. And like yeah. made me appreciate it even more than yeah. just, just the cards themselves. And that. so. Yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's really cool, Mike. Now, uh, quick question. Tyler kind of hit on this earlier. You talked about like uh, the locker room stuff. And kind of what we hinted at earlier with like, hey, when did you start going after uh, maybe some like Mahomes stuff? Uh, mm-hmm. Is there any other, you know, being on the sidelines every week, is there any other guy you've ever seen play in person and been like, hey, man, like this guy's the real deal? Maybe I should pick up an auto or two or him, you know, from contenders and throw it back and see what happens. Um, you know, if, I, if I'm going to do that, like, because I've, I get to meet these, I get the, you know, access to meet them in, in the pre draft process. And there's a lot of kids. I'm just like, oh man, this kid's a great kid. Like, yeah, I'll sure you know throw grab a contenders if I like him. He may never make the team. Maybe he's a practice squad player. But there's definitely guys out there that you know I've seen and met, and it's like you know this kid's this is a cool kid. Maybe he'll be a coach one day. Maybe he'll yeah. be an all star. Maybe like mm-hmm. I'll snag. I'll snag. I've done that for for sure. I have a box of guys like that over the years. Nice, very cool. I thought it was a fun moment uh, when uh, on Thursday night Deshaun kind of did, rolled out right came onto the bench yeah. that night that was a good yeah. moment for those two i thought that was pretty cool yeah, he's, sure. he's a stud it was, it was good stud. to see those guys kind of laugh it off too like, yeah the best part after was the memes on twitter when it's like the bears looking at deshaun and patrick and saying you know what the bears could have had and uh, yikes man you know it's funny that even that stuff and you know this but just touching on so many factors that go into it and so much like the internet is hindsight 2020. And I think it's, it actually can equate right now to a lot of different with the volatility and prices that are going on. A lot of what we talk about is FOMO and then also the stomach mm-hmm. to know when to sell or cut your losses, you know? And mm-hmm. I think uh, as I just, what processed through my head is like, 
you know, it's very easy for the internet to be 2020 about a GM making a draft pick, you know, without being in those shoes. Same deal of Ryan tells a story of, you know, he sells a card for 2,400 bucks, gets, he could have graded it and been sitting on 65 G's, but like, the, it's the man in the arena type thing. Um, you know, any, any regrets or, or cards that you've maybe moved on early, you know, putting like the investor side of hat on yeah. that, that you've kind of moved on early and, and have come back to buy you or some obviously outside of Pat where you've been, Hey, I'm just going to collect this guy. And you look up yeah. and three years later, it's like, Whoa. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know Well, when I did this pass off, so I, I was collecting just a ton of Pat stuff. And so, I mean, I had so many, prisms and i mean tens i you know a bunch of bunch a bunch of stuff that, but there's so much like quantity i was like i want to go after some more just like quality pieces like you know singular singular pieces and so um i liquidated a bunch of those just to you know just to get enough bankroll yeah, like some you know, higher something else you know that, yeah. that was a little bit nicer and so i mean i sold probably 15 to 20 prisms for like you know, a grand. Now they're, you know, yeah. $8,000 a piece. Uh-huh. That was the crazy part about Pat stuff. Cause like after the Super Bowl, like yeah. the month after it, it ran up after it was very strange. Very yeah. strange. Very strange. Crazy. That was this a was very the first crazy example. This was the first example I've seen of like after, like normally the moment is the Super Bowl and then like the week, but then yeah. he just kept going afterwards. Like I looked yeah. back at it and I was like, what is, go- how did that happen? It's so strange. Yeah. yeah. So you have uh, I know you've picked up some, like you said, Mahomes, some cool Mahomes starts. Do you, uh, do you have any of them with you that you can share? Do you have the, 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 the most recent one? Say that again. I said, do you, uh, I know what you posted recently, your, your recent Mahomes acquisition. Do you have it with you to show? Oh yeah, I do. I just want to show Tyler and Lou. What do we got? <laughs> <laughs> Tricolor. Oh Great. my goodness. <laughs> Let's go. I love the patch so much. That like is gray, like the gray didn't even matter. It's 0.5 yep. away from a nine too. That's that a nasty card. Yeah, it's awesome. One of my favorites. That is I such have. a nasty card. And then a couple that I got here that like honestly, these just three came like in a deal, and I just got so lucky. So these are the contenders playoff ticket. They're numbered to ten, and they're nines. But I ended up picking up like hmm. randomly in like local deals three of them. So I have three of the tens. Holy. Um, there was just a dude in KC who just had all these cards. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's, that's been the beauty. Like, it's been really kind of easy to get some of Pat's stuff in KC because a lot of the local guys and dealers yeah. um, have done that. I think, I think you asked earlier about going to card shows. Um, there's a couple, there's, there's a couple stores in the KC area. There's really only one show that happens like bi-monthly. Um, never been able to make it to the nationals. It's always in the season, but um, I've gone to the car, the, the local KC car show a couple times. It's pretty good. I mean, great people, great dealers, and you get to meet some of the lo- smaller shops in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, they typically have the beat on kind of what's going on around the KC, who has what, because it's such a small community. And you know, oh, you're looking for a contenders, or you're looking for this. All right, let me call so and so and get you in touch. Which is that's been cool. You know, the community um, has been awesome. Yeah, I'm sure the card market in KC, like with all the pack stuff and like must be yeah. out of control. Oh yeah, there was so much. There was so much of it. I remember that same um offseason, Ryan, just be- the 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 offseason before the 2018 season, I went to that um that card show in like June. And 
I mean, there was so much packed stuff there. Mm. And I was just kind of, I was really picky. I just, you know, was, had a plan on like what I wanted to get. And, you know, probably pass on, I should have, I mean, obviously, like you said, hindsight 2020. Yeah. But um, I was really picky. It was like just going after like prisms and stuff like that that were really inexpensive. I mean, they were probably like 40 to 60 bucks for a PSA 10 prism. And I was just like, oh, cool. I just snagged a bunch of them there, left happy, happy as a client. Did you say 40 to 60 bucks for a PSA 10 prism? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before, his, <laughs> before the starting season, oh, 40 to 60 bucks. Yeah, I vividly remember that. I mean, I remember buying like Patrick Mahomes patch autos from like average products for, you know, 50, 60, but they didn't sell for anything. I mean, this is before the market, like you said, before the market went like mainstream, like it, it, the market yeah, now guess- is, the market now is so FOMO based, right? Like you don't want to miss out on Mahomes, So you buy every quarterback, like everybody, like Nate Stanley sells and Cole McDonald sells and all these backup quarterbacks sell yeah. for what they could be. But like, First round picks didn't sell for that kind of money. Right. Yeah, and I guess also like back then, this is a, a not just looking backwards, but like there was some like question marks on Pat of like coming out of college and like <clears throat> what was he really going to become, and so that kind of makes sense. But that's still crazy. Well, look, yeah. I think something that's going through my head is also how and, and something would just love to hear from from you a little bit is, and this is again deviating from cards, but to accomplish what you guys have accomplished is, is not easy. You can have all the talent in the world and, and to accomplish it. And I think that's what's so, so much of what people talk about, you know, him at, at the age, you know, there, there's other individuals that have come in and shown talent and, you know, look, Andrew Luck never won a Super Bowl, you know, and, and he was, he had it all. And so just the, the, the being around greatness and, and the consistency and something again, can always just equate back to, to cards, but someone like Ryan day in and day out, day in and day out working this thing, um, you know, as whether you want to be successful in anything, just the, the consistency and, and level of greatness that it takes. There could be another all world talent that comes around and never wins, doesn't have the success in Super Bowl, right. And it comes down to, all the guys in the room, everyone working together, and just would love to hear about that because the hindsight is twenty at twenty twenty is beautiful, but knowing what we know now, you know you could there's could be not another guy that comes around for twenty five years that does right. that at such a young age has the talent around him and ability to continue at that level. Yeah, and you're exactly right. I think the one thing that Pat has done since he's gotten here is he's putting in the work um, as as a as a rookie. When he came in, um, obviously behind Alex, his rookie year was also my rookie year on staff, my first year there. And so we kind of we came in together um, as 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 Coach Reed and uh, the office quarter there, uh, Matt Nagy was was the OC. Those two guys were primarily you know working the game plan with Alex, making sure Alex Smith was ready for the game. And so um, you know they kind of put it on me to take Pat under my wing a little bit, um, use my experiences as a player, and kind of show them, you know, show him a framework for, you know, how to prep for a game and, um, you know, how to, how to study, what am I, what am I looking for, you know, kind of get him on schedule for, um, you know, set him up the right way as far as learning habits and, and, put, and, and all that stuff that becomes, with, that, that deals with being a professional quarterback. And, you know, I think, I think the one thing that Pat did is he put in the work, showed up early, you know, he, he was meeting us six, six thirty in the morning, going over the blitz tape before we even did it with the rest of the quarterbacks or the rest of the offensive line, um, studying his play calls, memorizing every single call, 
you know, on the sheet, on the play, on a, on a game plan sheet, memorizing every single one of them. And so I think from year, from rookie year to that second year, he just, you know, he exploded in terms of just preparation and, you know, everything was just rolling off his tongue so much faster. The coach Reed always talks about this offense, you know, it really takes three years to really fully master this offense. And so we're seeing that now going into his third year where, you know, he's taking full control of it. And, you know, we've given him the keys, keys to the car to go and do that and, um, you know, have input on the offense. And, you know, he's taken it and run, run with it. And, you know, he's gotten the confidence of the guys and, and shown, shown the guys around him that, that he can do it. It's crazy. You say all that. It takes three years to, uh, to to really master the offense. I saw like I remember him saying something in the offseason. They're like, hey, I haven't really been playing quarterback all that long. So like for what he's accomplished in such a short amount of time and, you know, really taking three years to, to master that offense. It just it really says a lot to his preparation and, you know, what you guys are doing over there, because that's, you know, an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, a Super Bowl win, two AFC straight, two straight AFC titles. I mean, that's a lot before what? I mean, what is he? 24, 25? Yeah. And and to to switch the the framework to like if people are listening to this and thinking about cards and the the moment right now, which is like every day something is changing so fast, rapidly. People want to buy a card for three hundred, sell it for three thousand, thinking it's going to happen in like two weeks, you know. <laughs> and again, those present three years. Like sixty to seven thousand, okay, cool. But there's don't come in and start buying cards and being into it, and then like four months later, it's no longer interesting to you because you didn't get that return, and or you weren't willing to put in the work every single day to understand the nuances and how things are changing and come back to it. And if you take a loss, okay, I'm not out of this, and this is done. Right. You know, I think it's it's it, it, that is true across anything and everything, and we lose tend to lose perspective. I'm back home living in my parents' house and, you know, like six months, people are like, what are you going to do? It's like, even in the, what's happening in the state of this country is like, can we have some perspective of the time frame versus the work and how long it can put in? And at the end of the journey, those sure. rewards come and not just two months, I want to buy a card for a thousand and flip it for 2000. And if not, it's a failure. Right. Right. Yeah. The thing I was going to say, right, was related to that. Didn't he, didn't Pat tell a story on that LeBron show about like how he doesn't actually know how to read defense or he just learned how to read defenses like halfway through last year? How does, can you explain that to me? Cause he said that and like I get yeah. it, but I don't yeah. understand what that actually means. Yeah. And, right. And that, and you know, I think, I think Pat was dead on because, you know, when you, when you talk about certain defenses, to know the, there's one thing just to understand just the general, general concept of a cover two, a cover three where are their strengths, where are the weaknesses. But um, not every team plays those certain schemes the same way. Everyone has a nuance. It could be a leverage, could be a defender inside or outside. It could be a corner who's pressed or off. Um, it could be a width of the safeties or um, a demeanor of a certain linebacker. Those are the things that Pat's talking about, those intricate details. Um, he always understood or had a good understanding of um, what the general scheme cover to cover standard, you know, procedure of what teams are doing. Mm -hmm. But I think where you're seeing now is he's really understanding all those little things and tendencies of a, of a potentially, you know, a defensive coordinator. Cause when he's out there, it's really, you know, you're, you're, you have to kind of get a feel for, you know, what that defensive coordinator is going to put up, what's going to present to you in certain situations. And so he's grown, you know, tenfold in that aspect. Yeah. 
So Mike, as we uh, get ready to wrap it up here, two quick rapid questions. One, anything you're working on in terms of uh, cards, whether it be Pat stuff, Pokemon stuff, Mike Kafka yeah. stuff, anything you're, uh, you've are you got your eyes on? Yeah. So, well, you know, like I said, in the off season is really my big time. In, in season, I just, I literally have no time for it. Um, and so, so we appreciate you taking this time to interview yeah, with us. No, no and, and I wanted to do it because we had talked about this for a long time. Um, but really the one cool set that I like that's, you know, outside of the first edition set is um, this 97, kind of some pre-1999 stuff that I was getting into um, just before the season got rolling. It's like, it's, so it's 97 um, Cardus pocket monsters. And so I've, you know, been trying to chip away at these or, I mean, yes. these are like 60, 60 bucks a piece. Just for like the not hollows. I think they're like it's a cool it's set, great, art, great artwork, um, and it's like kind of one of the you know pre ninety nine, which which makes it even cooler. And they're unique pictures. So I, I kind of got into that set towards the last part of this off season. Nice, very cool. And then last thing that's been on my mind. I know we've talked a lot about the football, but what I gotta ask: What is it like to coach in a Super Bowl? You know, I like. All right, so the first part of it, walking out of it, was awesome. Like the the buzz, the energy. You know, you see Jay Z walking down the sideline with Beyonce. Like that that stuff. Like DJ Khaled is DJing the pregame music. Like that stuff was awesome. Like you'll never forget that. But really, once like thing got rolling and kicking, like you're just in the game, and so and then everything happens just so much faster than in the regular season, than in the playoffs. You know, you get through the game like. You know, you make some critical plays and you, you, know, you have a good feeling that like it finally set in. Like it really didn't hit me and my family until like the parade. And when, when you truly want it, like you're on the parade, like, this is just insane. Like a million people at the parade, like you're just rolling down the street. Like that, that, type, that type of stuff was awesome. And then because of um, the COVID stuff, we didn't have our ring ceremony until really just, just like two weeks ago. And so we were able just to finally get this bad boy. Let's go. Oh, there it is. There yeah, it is. Hold on. I got to yeah. take a picture. I got to take a picture of that. That's unbelievable. That is nice. Finally get these bad boys. Sweet. That's um, so sick. Yeah. So like, and so really like, cause it was a week, you know, really like a week and a half before we started the season. So we got the rings, happy, excited. We're able to celebrate a little bit. And then, you know, now we're just, now yeah, we're right back to it. We're rolling. Right. And, 31 other teams don't care what you did last year. You know, you got to put that behind you. Use it as a great experience because it's going to help us down the road. Um, but you can't, you can't bask in it. Yeah, it's not going to win it for you. Right. All right. That's awesome. good stuff. It's crazy. Well, well, Mike, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. I, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your, your busy schedule to, awesome. to sit down and, and chat with us. So again, thank you for having me. Thank you for Absolutely. Me show Keep- some of the stuff I have. You guys oh, yeah. are doing great. I love you guys. I'm always listening to you when I'm watching tape. I'll just put it on my drive home. <laughs> put y'all on. Appreciate uh, that. You guys do a great job. Thank Thanks, you, Mike. Thank Appreciate you, Mike. It. Keep doing your thing. Congrats again on the recent success. But I know it's not. Uh, it's it's just a preview of what's to come. That's right. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. All the best. All right, and that was our interview with Mike. Really appreciate him sitting down with us. 
It was a little bit of a longer interview for us, but it was a lot of great content. We really enjoyed talking to him. So make sure you guys check him out. I was not ready for the Super Bowl ring to come out right at the end there. That was kind of wild. Yeah, that was sweet. <laughs> that was sweet. And I wasn't sure. I'll just put it out there. I, like, I didn't know how deep, if it was just going to be like a Patty Mahomes thing. I wanted to keep it on nah, the track. he's Cards out were, here. Yeah, we played a lot of different. That was, that was sweet. That was fun. Yeah. Jason's going to chop that up nice and distribute it to some Chiefs fandom pages. <laughs> You want me to get into the Pokemon thing? <laughs> no, no. Uh, we just, this is still live. This is still rolling, Ryan. I thought, I think, just you, got I thought you were going to go. I thought Ryan yeah, was going to do it. No, yeah. it was supposed to be, hey, Lou. Hey, Lou's guys. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah, no, this was, we just did a great interview. This is all rolling in part of the podcast. Perfect, perfect, perfect. We just did a great so, interview. Yeah, then so, we brought oh, commentary. God. Then you froze, right? I didn't. No, it was supposed I, to be wait, Lou. Wait, it wasn't me. It was Ryan who froze. Ryan. I thought Ryan No, it was supposed to be okay, Lou cool. saying, speaking of Pokemon. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's not how that was planned out, but that's fine. It was supposed to be Lou saying, speaking of, uh, speaking of Pokemon. Uh, all right, so Pokemon. <laughs> uh, last week, there was a big sale on Heritage Auctions of a first edition booster box for 198k. Since we love Pokemon on the show, I wanted to make sure we brought it up. Um, but you know, we kind of really like oversold that a little bit, but it's fine. So Pokemon 198k first edition box. I think that's just a sign of things to come. I saw a lot of people saying that's a lot of money for a box. I would say those same people were people saying that 130k was a lot for a first edition set. And that's no longer the case. And one, I was, I saw this the other day on Instagram. Again, I'm not super into the Pokemon community, but I saw someone saying they would pay a hundred grand for just the Charizard. Yeah. Charizard is officially a hundred K card. Hundred grand, yeah. PSA to add PSA ten, right? Yes, PSA ten. When we had Jeremy on, he had just bought the set, and it did what one nineteen? He paid one thirty for the set earlier this year mm -hmm. in June. The one card now sells for almost all of that, mm -hmm. and he's willing to pay a hundred. Somebody else might be willing to pay one ten. It's like the groundswell of Pokemon has like awaken, and it's a. It's a massive global thing. I mean, the amount of people that have been pinging from left and right about interest and people bringing stuff out and just the joy and community around it. And then I think the continued rarity, like, and all the factors we've talked about, this isn't a segment about Pokemon. Let's keep it, keep it focused. That's, that's different from Ty. I usually want to talk all about it. Now I know. Yeah, I, I, I could have went there, but I went there. Eyes on the prize. All right. So last segment of this episode after a little bit of a longer one this week, we're going to get into this week's releases. This is what we talk about every week with products that are coming out in, in stores and online this week. It's products you'll likely see in breaks. Um, but there's going to be a few different ones. A couple baseball releases this week. We've got that Transcendent Baseball, which is like Captain's Collection. We've talked about this briefly before. $27,000 product, 95 autos, stuff like that. That's Pretty crazy. We've got Allen and Ginner baseball. That's like one of those staple, like set collector type sets. Kind of old school collectors really like this product. Um, pretty, uh, pretty big for old school collectors. Very similar to like Heritage stuff like that. Um, and then I love Allen Opulence. and Ginter, by the way. I really love yep. Allen and Ginter. It's so fun. classic, classic set. We've got Opulence basketball, uh, high end basketball. Two two boxes in a case. Uh, it's only a couple cards per box. USA patch autos, booklets. Like logo patches, quad autos. Oh, that's a cool six, 
That's yeah, fun. finals booklets of Kawhi. I mean, super, super cool product. Uh, very high end. I believe it's right around $3,500 a box at the moment. Uh, two boxes per case. Like, extremely expensive stuff. But the big release probably this week is the more popular of them is likely going to be Bowman Chrome Baseball. Um, there's two different products here. you got Bowman Chrome Hobby and then Bowman Chrome HTA. HTA, my understanding, is just three autos. It's only three autos in the entire box. You open it up. There's like a little fuzzy protector piece on top then there's three autos and then it's done typically leans more towards breakers um and then there's bowman chrome hobby which has packs and stuff like this but gonna gonna let lou get into it because we've hit on this before in this show about bowman chrome bowman draft different stuff like that and i think lou's gonna kind of get into that and tell us what we're what we're looking for here and uh yeah i would uh, say bowman Bowman chrome is typically the one that i would say of the three is the softest in terms of like hot prospects that get into the product uh bowman baseball usually there's a ton of like the hottest prospects of the year are their get their first cards in bowman baseball and then bowman draft is when all the the hot draft guys get their product so uh bowman chrome will be the soft of the three i think in this release there's a few guys like luis angel acuna is in this one who's uh ronald acuna's brother byron laura who's a, a rangers outfield prospect he was recently signed international guy um and then Eric Miller is a pitcher for the Phillies, who I think is pretty decent as well. Um, but other than that, you're going to get like the uh, Luis Robert autos, uh, a couple other rookie autos. But primarily, I would say it's more of a major league player product. So not as great. So the prospects in this will say first Bowman, correct? They're, whoever has their first Bowman in this. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be minors like Wander Franco's in here. I'm sure Rutschman's in here as well. But the first guys will have that first logo on there, too. And this would be important where if you like we've released content on this before about first Bowman, yeah. Bowman Chrome rookies, stuff like that, that it would make sense to check out because yeah. Luis Roberts gonna have a rookie card auto in here, but that's not the more desirable compared to first Bowman. Yep. Those autos. Yeah, like I would say Byron Laura is gonna be a guy who's gonna be pretty highly ranked some some time down the line here in the next few years. So like his card will be I would say down I would bet a year or two from now, the hottest card that came out of this will be the Byron Laura. And then Ty, Lou, any any takeaway? Yeah, we've got any final thoughts. One last upcoming release. We typically do it the week of. That's why I haven't done it yet. Isn't yeah. the twenty? Isn't isn't the twenty third? Like, nope. The twenty third is week. next Wednesday, so we'll record it. It'll come out that day. I'm just excited. Can you fault me? Can can you fault the guy? Yeah, I mean, listen. There's been a lot of rule breaking on the show. Ryan was supposed to introduce this topic just now, and then he didn't. You were trying to get into it a little early. <laughs> Soccer release. It happens. Well, I'm perfect, is what I'm trying to say. Fair. All right. Next week, hopefully, Western and Eastern Conference Finals starting. We'll hopefully get into that. New releases. Tyler definitely is wanting to talk about Stump the Shop and more. So we'll see you guys next week on the episode. Nuggets in seven. Peace. Oh, man. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.